Welcome to the Financial Liberty Podcast. Until you wake up from the American dream, financial uncertainty will be your American reality. Join Sam Legaspi and Ko Sukamoto and their guest as they explore how you can attain financial liberty by uncovering truths that have been kept secret for decades. Have you ever played a game and didn't know the rules? How can you ever win? Learn the rules to the game and in turn, learn how to win. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Financial Liberty Project with Sam Legaspi and Ko Sukamoto. Today, we're not talking with Ko's at all, are we, Sam? No, we're not talking with Coz. Coz has more important matters to tend, and uh, those happen to be health-related and more specifically dental-related. Ooh, dentist. Nothing against Dennis. My dentist is fantastic. However, I, I don't like the smile that he gets on his face as I get in more and more pain. It's a little masochistic, in my opinion. You know what's interesting for me is that every time the dentist um, comes back from doing the x-rays, he comes back and he says, you know... I'm really sorry about this. They're always apologizing for something. And and in his head, I'm thinking, okay, I'm apologizing to this guy. He's saying I'm sorry. But the reality is he's probably counting how much money he's making off of like, hey, I'm just going to make 2500 bucks on this guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am so sorry I'm upgrading my boat. I am sorry about that, right? Really, uh, I'm a great guy. I love my dentist, but he always says, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, oh, no. In my head, I'm going, oh, no. And you know what? The, the more sorry he is, the more difficult I know I'm going to be in as far as like a, a dental-type situation. Mm-hmm. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, please don't say sorry. I just wait for the day he comes back with a smile and says, hey, you're <laughs> Great good. News. And in, in his mind, he's probably going, oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. I don't want my dentist coming back. Hey, great news. I'm getting a new boat. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh, dude, I got to stick with my old boat. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, exactly. All right, so what are we talking about today? It's just me and you, baby. Just me and you. So you know what? Again, it's it's this. It's a good day, folks, (laughs) because we do have a great show. You know, I mean, Coz is gone, but I'm here. And and it's interesting because uh, it's all about next year, you know, and are are, are people really ready for the election nightmare Mm. that's about to happen? And, you know, again, a lot of people say, well, that's not going to be a nightmare. And I have a feeling that, um, you know, four years ago, you know, 2016, it wasn't really four years ago, but in 2016, we had a situation where it was pretty chaotic. It was drama. Mm-hmm. It was a circus. And I'm just telling people, you know, it's a little ways away, but it's going to be in front of us before you know it. And I'm just saying, hey, man, wake up your neighbors, wake up your kids, wake up your friends. And because the media blitz is about to intensify and the circus is coming to a town near you. And here's the thing, Eric, is, you know, why all the commotion? Because we're talking about money, we're talking about your money and how the upcoming elections could potentially affect what you hold dear, which is ultimately the visions of you mm-hmm. and a no drama retirement. So today, just you know, hey, stay tuned. We're about to embark on a magic carpet ride, man, and we're gonna we're about to go from black and white to Technicolor, just like uh, you remember the movie Wizard of Oz, Eric. Mm-hmm, I do. Where it went from yeah. black and white to Technicolor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, here's the thing: is that the 2016 election, Sam, like you said, it was a circus, and it was people trying to dig up stuff on Trump, right? And that, that was one of the things that was happening. Let's get as much dirt as we can because we can discredit him for who he is as a person, so on and so forth. Well, over the last four years or three years at this point, he's given us plenty where they don't have to dig far, right? Yeah, that, no. That's a concern. They've got a lot of stuff that they can bring up and a lot of things that are going to, you know, they're going to just be lamb blasting him with and 
I, I just, I'm not even ready for all these ads that are going to be, I'm just going to throw my TV out the window. That's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, some people are looking for that ostrich type thing, just stick your head in the, in, in the sand and just or in the ground and just let things happen. And, you know, to be quite candid with you, it's pretty interesting is that there's, there's actually some statistics that really show it doesn't really matter who's in office, whether it's a Democrat or a Republican, because a lot of the policies have already been created and a lot of the budget's already been spent. Uh, it's not like mm-hmm. a new a new president coming in has a has a has just a blank piece of paper yeah. and can get to go ahead and spend any way they want. I mean, ultimately, about eighty percent of the budget is already spent, and half of that eighty percent goes to the military, goes to Social Security, it goes to all these other plans and these these projects that are currently going on. That really, to a certain extent, it's not a function of where you know he can go ahead and divest the money. But what it really does, and and what I've been mentioning to a lot of people is that. Uh, the, the biggest issue that we have is is making sure that the the person who ends up sitting in office continues to allow to enact on policies that allow for corporate America to continue to keep generating revenue. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most important parts. And if not, you know, to a certain extent, kind of like the most important part, because again, if you think about it, if half the Fortune 500 companies out there start losing money and they start reporting bad earnings, Guess what happens? They start doing what? They start cost cutting. And mm-hmm. typically, what's the first thing that, to go in a cost cut? Jobs. 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 So people don't no have bueno. money. They're look, yeah, they're looking for jobs. And, and after they don't have jobs, guess what? They don't necessarily spend as much as they used to. And mm-hmm. so we go into a significant derailing. So it's really important for an incumbent or a, a president-elect or just the president to 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 make sure that we have policies that allow for Fortune 500 companies, for corporate America, for small businesses to remain competitive domestically as well as abroad. And that's what people really have to understand is is what type of what type of of, of policies are going to be put together that are going to allow these companies to continue to generate revenue. Because in the end, the most important parts, and we've talked about it in several podcasts in, in the past, Coz and I have, is is that, you know, again, it's the four times throughout the year that these companies report their financial numbers because that's really what the market's all about. It's focusing on whether or not these companies can sustain their growth and sustain their 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 uh, their flight. But here's what's really interesting, though. You know, again, we're talking about this because uh, a lot of people are coming up on it. As a matter of fact, uh, I spoke with an individual last week and he asked me, Hey, you know we're we're about to come on to a 2020. It's probably going to be a massive circus. It's going to be welcome to the crazy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, capital C R A Z Y. And we talked about corporate America and and and, uh, and the thing. And and you know what I what I told him is that we have to understand that it is about to go nuts. You know, and and for one thing, for one thing, you know, presidential cycles. It's interesting. They're kind of predictable. You know, they're kind of predictable. It's going to be a cluster. You know what? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Sorry. And the thing is, we're telling people that you've got to be ready. There's really an ebb and flow to the markets, and, and, and the Stock Traders Almanac says that over the past 182 years, we have seen the first half of a presidential cycle be filled with market volatility and struggle. But in the second half, the bull comes roaring back. Got it, yeah. So that's what we're seeing right now. So if you recall, Eric and, and Coz, if you're listening— is that in 2016, 2017, there was a tremendous amount of volatility in this, in this market. As a matter of fact, last year wasn't a very good market at all. It was a pretty, it was a pretty volatile market, and so was the year before that. 
And then here we are, we're, we're, we're all of a sudden, you know, towards the end of the year, we're starting to see and, and meet new highs. And of course, we're recording this in November, so we're starting to hit some new highs. And again, it's, it's coming to fruition what Stock Traders Almanac is, is suggesting, that the second half is a bull market cycle. But now what does that tell us? It tells us that whoever is chosen to be the president of the United States, again, is probably going to experience, based on history, a first two years of volatility in the economy. Mm-hmm. And so that's exactly where we're at right now. And, um, but, you know, again, what kind of volatility? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just telling people, hey, get ready. Get ready. Pray for yeah. peace, but prepare for war, man. Yeah. And that's one thing you said earlier, you know, if, if going back to the industries, when they are cutting jobs, people are spending less. But one thing that I've noticed, and, and I know you can speak to, is that I think people spend less when they don't know what's going to happen, right? You you talk about being prepared. A lot of people may think being prepared is to just tighten down the purse strings, not go shopping for anything extra until I know what's going to happen. And that's uncertainty, right? I mean, you've talked about that before on podcasts. Um, what are your thoughts on that as far as, you know, 2020 is going to be crazy. I think that's a for sure thing, but everything else is uncertain. And uncertainty is always, it's it's what the market doesn't like, right? Is mm-hmm. It doesn't like uncertainty. And people in general don't necessarily like uncertainty. We make our decisions based on how certain can we make that happen. And and you're absolutely right. It's it's uh, this, this, this fuel of uncertainty really is scary because if, in fact, you do have an economy that kind of swelters and you have corporate America getting to a point where they have to lay people off, you've got individuals, they're not necessarily going to spend because, hey, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and stop spending because I lost my job. No, a lot of it stems from the fact that I'm uncertain. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how long I'm going to be unemployed. Mm-hmm. I may be unemployed for two weeks. I may be unemployed for two years. I don't know. And as a result, everything has to stop. And 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 listeners, this is the key for this, right? Because a lot of people keep thinking, okay, well, so what? You go on a little bit of a of a spending halt. Well, it's really big. So think about it. Let's just uh, take, for example, a local restaurant near you. It is really popular on Friday nights. Uh, there's a line outside to get ready uh, or to get in, and and you you attend you you go to this restaurant. And it's packed. It's, you know, all the chairs and all the seats, all the tables are filled. It's an hour wait, wait list, right? But all of a sudden, just imagine that restaurant not having a full house. Imagine mm-hmm. that restaurant being 75% empty. They can have the greatest food. They can have the greatest people, the nicest people. But if there's no one sitting, that means there's no one buying. And if there's no one buying, that restaurant's not generating any revenue. Mm-hmm. If that restaurant's not generating any, re- any revenue, they themselves will potentially start laying people off and letting some people go, which will ultimately become that domino effect that you know a lot of people are concerned with. Yeah. So it's that uncertainty. I mean, we've experienced it what, in 2008, and anytime there's a there's a, a an economic type situation which causes a recession, people out of fear they just keep their money closer to them. But here's a here's a big part, Eric. There's some individuals that you know, again, they're forced to continue to keep spending. And as much as they want to keep that money close to them and not spend it, they've got to pay for their cars. They got to pay for their kids' education. They've got to pay for all these things that are just parts of life. And what ends up happening is that something has to give. Either they force themselves in a position where they do get a job, maybe multiple ones, maybe part-time in three different places, or they just tell you know their, their kid, hey, honey, you're going to have to take the year off. 
And so it's a, it's, it's a, it's a cycle. It's a bad cycle that, you know, the economy really has a hard time dealing with. Yeah. And you've done this for a very, very long time. You were a master of your craft, if you will. Uh, and you've been a student of the markets and investing and just finance in general for a very, very long time. When was the last time that you really had a, a good, clear vision of what was happening? And it wasn't just, you know, uncertainty, speculation and all that. When, when was the last time that most people could have kind of seen the writing on the wall? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's funny, man. Um, you know, <laughs> just, just, <laughs> you know your crystal just, ball, man, you're going to get me in trouble here. Magic man. eight ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I got to tell you, 2008, I mean, it was pretty clear back in the day. I mean, when mm -hmm. you kind of like recycle it back, the markets were down quite a bit. And, but you know, again, a lot of people ran away from the markets. It was really a time to, to really step up to the plate, but there was a tremendous amount of fear. And I've always been a student of what a lot of people have said is that if there's blood in the water, that's the time to actually start going in, which mm -hmm. really is, you know, contradictory to what most people think, right? But if you look at it, if you go through the malls and you go shopping and, you know, the majority of people, if they see a 50% off sale or maybe a 75% off sale, there's going to be lines. I mean, think about what's going to happen on Black Friday. Yeah, You know, I mean, everything's going to be on significant sale and people are lining up at 11 o'clock in the evening you know, with their tents out, getting ready to, to spend a ton of money because they potentially might get a great deal on something that's 75% off. Well, in 2008, you know, we were down significantly and people ran. And I have a lot of, you know, there's a lot that, that has to do with the, you know, I don't want to sound like a, a politician, but the media, of course, I oh, mean, yeah. uh, you know, affected a lot of people as well as, um, you know, their, their, their cubby partners at work. And they started talking about things. And then, you know, they all of a sudden, they logged into their, their accounts and then they saw their accounts were down by half and they started freaking out because especially if they, they had a, a trip planned to, to Hawaii and they were, were looking to, to, to borrow some money against that, that didn't necessarily bode well. That happened, yeah. yeah. But no, to, to answer your question, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, the last time, you know, everything's always, um, you know, every, hindsight's always going to be twenty twenty, right? Yeah. Well, I do want to say one thing. You brought it up. You brought up the media, and it just drives me bananas because we've all experienced it where 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you've got the TV on, and you hear, you know, 10 things in your refrigerator that can kill you at 10 o'clock tonight. Well, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Now I can't eat dinner. I can't get in my fridge because there's 10 things in there that can kill me. I want to remind all of our listeners that what is the one job that the news stations have? What is their primary purpose? And if you say bringing me the news, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Their job is to make money. They make money by selling advertising. They get advertising dollars by their viewership. How do they get people to view? Clickbait is what we would call it today. Clickbait. They're going to say things Clickbait. that are outlandish. They're going to say things that are surprising or shocking to get you to tune in so they can say, look how many viewers we had. Give me your money to sell Tide Pods or you know whatever the commercial of the day is. So just remember, the news outlets aren't there to educate you or inform you, in my opinion. Now, this is just my opinion. They're there to make money off of advertising dollars by packing you in, by getting you to go to their station because of what has either scared you or you thought was absolutely amazing and you wanted to watch. And usually it's the, the former. Um, they're going to try to scare you with something that you just have to watch to be informed. What do you think? Wait, mate, hold on. So you mean the days of Walter Cronkite aren't necessarily going to exist anymore where he just brought the news? <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't see it on the horizon, brother. I really don't. <laughs> I know, I know, and that's what really is. It's it's come in like you said, clickbait. It's a clickbait economy, and yeah. uh, eyes. It's all a function of eyes, 
And that's why if you take a look, and listeners, if you really look at a lot of things, especially, for instance, youth sports, youth sports is a billion-dollar industry today. Mm. And it's a billion-dollar industry because they've really focused and paid attention to it. And there's a tremendous amount of eyes on it, the eyes being the parents. So so you're seeing advertisers, you're seeing major corporations um, invest tremendously into youth sports. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, again, we've talked about this, I'm sure that, you know, hey, your seven-year-old has a potential of going to a D1 college. Give me a break. She's yeah. nine years away, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> from even that possibility. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that a lot of people have to be, you know, not necessarily worried about because I don't want people to necessarily have this pessimistic outlook. But I think that a lot of people need to be prepared. I, and as you know, is that if you understand the rules of the game better, you'll be able to make better decisions about your money. And so if you understand, you know, just a few things here and there, um, just like what you indicated as far as clickbait, that's great information. And if you can get this information and it allows you to, it empowers you to to collect the data and then make the decision mm-hmm. that's best for you and your family, that's what really matters as opposed to, let's just say, for instance, the market goes down. Okay, the market goes down, Trump, let's say, gets reelected, or maybe a new president gets reelected, and the market goes down as a function of it, and you go into the office, and your friends are saying, oh my gosh, I'm getting out of things, and then you just, as a result, because of the uh, herd mentality, you decide to go ahead and get out of it, too. That could have been the dumbest and the most irresponsible thing that you could ever do. You know, people, Eric, they have to realize that the night before the elections, okay, in 2016, the night before the elections... The S&P futures, the stock market futures, were down a 1,000 points. Mm. You know, they were down a 1,000 points. And, and what happened was, was they turned up positive, you know, not a 1,000 points. I think maybe a few hundred. But there was a wild swing in the markets when, when, when President Trump was, was being elected. And I got to tell you, I mean, these are the wild swings that potentially a lot of people are going to have to experience. This is the new norm. Uh, volatility is back, and it's, it's, I don't think it's going to necessarily be smooth sailing going forward, especially when you have one side or both sides not really liking each other anymore. Yeah. Hey, I so, got some trivia for you. Please, hit me. So, President Trump, do you know what odds... He, he was, uh, he was at, I mean, if you're a betting man, did you know that you could bet on him whether or not, you know, be, becoming a, a president, but do you know what his odds were? Uh, I'd probably say around 80, 20. 20. I'm guessing 80, 20. 20. Yeah. 80, 20. Against 70 to one. So what? 70 to one. Think of it, man. A dollar would have made you 70 bucks. Think about a thousand bucks. If you bet a thousand bucks on President Trump or Trump becoming president of the United States, you would have made $70,000 on him. (laughs) That's because one of y'all lives in Vegas, right? Y'all know that stuff. (laughs) Vegas, you can bet on anything, right? (laughs) Anything, anything. And I'll bet you there's going to be some crazy bets going on next year as well. I can't imagine. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Volatility is back, baby. And that's what we're saying is that, folks... You know, you got to prepare yourself. You got to make sure that you've got a plan because there's one thing, there's one thing that we've discovered over who knows how many years of doing this is that, you know, if you've got a plan, if you've got a plan, you're in a position where you can, you can weather the storm, but you know what a plan does for you? And what I'm talking about is, is a roadmap, a a money plan, a financial plan, retirement plan, whatever it might be, whatever people call it nowadays, you know, you realize that you will have a tremendous amount of more optimism if you have a plan, if you understand the rules of the game about money, okay, so you understand the, the financial services industry and, and, and how things work, 
And if you just have that plan of income, knowing where your money's going to go, what mm-hmm. type of risk you're taking, you're going to be significantly more optimistic than a person that doesn't have a plan. I mean, think about it, right, Eric? I mean, if yeah. we're going to go somewhere, you and I are going somewhere, and we're going to get on a, we're going to get in a car, and and I know where we're going, but you don't. You're going to mm-hmm. be a lot more nervous than me because you have no idea where I'm taking you. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And I don't know what to pack, right? Are we going warm right. weather, cold weather? I'm, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to, it's just going to screw up my whole trip, not knowing what's going on. Right. Where, where are we going, by the way? Um, Malta. Oh, I don't think I've ever been <laughs> <Just> there. Out. <laughs> <laughs> out of my pocket. All right, Malta. nice. Can we get there in a car? Where, where's Malta? Well, anyway, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay <laughs> so you, you, anywhere, molten lava, how's that? Oh, geez, well, it's hot there, I've heard. I've heard a little, little toasty. I'll bring sunscreen. Uh, so... One of the things, I mean, you said it earlier, you're talking about the volatility. I, I want to know, you've got your ear to the ground. What do, what do voters care most about, right, as far as the upcoming election and most elections? I'm sure there's a few things that vary here and there just because of what the the, the folks running for president are, are bringing to the table and what they're talking about a lot. But is there something specific that most voters are really kind of thinking about and caring about? Well, it's interesting. This can this topic can really go. That that question can be answered in several different ways. But I, I think the best way for me to answer that with the time that we have is that um, a, a rather large company, Wells Fargo, they did a survey that listed the top three um, answers to the question that you had as far as what voters are most concerned with right now, hmm. as far as like trying to get answers to. And one of the one of the the areas that that voters are concerned about is healthcare. Oh, okay, yeah. that's, and, and that's a given. You know, yep. Right. No one really is talking about it. Now, you, if you look at all the candidates against Trump, they're not really talking about it. And um, and, and it gets very difficult because <laughs> here's the thing. No one really wants to pay for it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I yeah. mean, think about it. There's 10,000 people turning 65 every day. And we all know that the average couple is going to spend anywhere between three hundred dollars to $500,000 in out-of-pocket retirement money costs, wow. you know, on health care. And, you know, when they're retired. So you, you look at it, you know, it's just, it's, 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 a, it's a topic that isn't necessarily being addressed. And why is that? I mean, it's kind of like that big elephant in the room. You know, when, you, when you're in a family thing and there's, a, there's an issue, no one, no one wants to talk about it. Because, again, if someone raises the, the question, then they're all going to look at them and say, well, are you going to pay for it? Yeah, seriously. I mean, it's... How are you going to pay wish, for it, man? Hey, I have a rich uncle. Right, this rich uncle. <laughs> yeah, but right. He's he really likes his money. That's a problem. It's like uh, what's that? What's that show uh, with the duck? Uh, Scrooge McDuck. He just he just dives into his vault, <laughs> swims around in a bunch of gold coin, and he really doesn't like to share. So I don't think that's going to be the answer. But uh, well, they got yeah. another rich uncle too, and he he wears that clown outfit, outfit that we talk about from time to time, that red, white, and blue outfit. And uh, but the problem is that 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 uncle he is very wealthy, not necessarily wanting to go ahead and. And and give you money. That's what I'm talking <laughs> He's about. To go ahead and yeah, no, that's exactly no, 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 no. what I'm talking about. I wasn't talking about the duck, man. I was just making a reference. <laughs> Keep with me. You know what yeah. I'm laying down here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? I mean, think about it. It's really interesting that that healthcare is a major topic. It's a big concern. I mean, Wells Fargo survey did it. They they asked all these people, "What's your biggest yeah. concerns?" And you know, as far as as far as you know, what you want to have handled next year in the elections and, and the topics of discussion. You know, and, and one of the big ones was healthcare, and no one wants to talk about it because mm-hmm. the person who wants to talk about it, it, they leave themselves open to what the question of, well, how are you gonna pay for it? Yeah, yeah. And then they just shut up. Everyone just shuts up because the answer to that. Is just gonna. I mean, everyone's just gonna get their AR and just blow holes through it. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, and know? so I would assume that it's it's healthcare. I would assume economy is in there, right? Yeah, the economy happens to be um, being uh, either number two or number three, and um, you know the fact that that you know how we look at the fact that wages and. Uh, in the United States, hasn't really grown in a mm-hmm. while. It hasn't ri- hasn't risen all that much, and but then yet the cost of things have gone up. So food prices have gone up, gas prices have gone up. I mean, if you're in California, you're like, oh my gosh, we're you know, on the verge of five dollars a gallon for gas. And of course, food. And Coz has mentioned this quite a few times that you go through a drive-through at any one of these fast food chains, their number one combo is now you know over ten dollars. Yeah, and that's crazy. And, yeah, why is it over ten bucks? Because gas has gone up to transportation. Transportation to bring that food on over, and then on top of it, you know, it's 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 uh, one of the big things is that minimum wage has raised has mm-hmm. been has has increased. But it's interesting. Minimum rate wage has increased, but the wages above minimum wage have not increased fifteen, twenty, twenty five percent respectively to match the increases in costs. Yeah. So yeah. is the third one? I was going to guess education. Are people talking to? On the survey, do you think education was at number three or something else? Yeah, you know what? I, I think education was a little bit further down, but but um, one of the big ones is, of course, because you got to remember there's 110 million people in the United States out of 330 million people, so roughly one-third of the population, one-third of the voters, okay, are, 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 are past the age of 50. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, okay. Social security. Social security, yep, yep. Oh, yep. not, social not dentures. Security. I don't want to talk about dentures or talking about social security. Right, because it, it seems like it's the next logical thing to cut. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. so you know, we're we're going in through a phase where, you know, here we are, we're talking um, in November, and 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 you know, the the Federal Reserve, as much as they're not admitting it, are going through another quantitative easing. In other words, they're starting to flush the economy with money. They're starting to print money once again. Mm-hmm. And when you print money, you've got to go ahead and pay it back at one point. You know, when you when you take on debt, you got to pay it back or go bankrupt. And unfortunately, the United States government cannot go bankrupt, so they got to try to pay it back. Mm-hmm. So how do they pay it back? They pay it through fines, taxes, penalties, and um, and through other areas where they can reduce. And one of the big, big areas that that has been exposed to to uh, you know potential new policy is Social Security because. They're saying, you know, here's here's the thing, Eric, is that, you know, Social Security was put into law in 1935, right? And um, so it was for individuals that were 65. So you know, you reach 65s, you 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 got you got Social Security. But you know what the mortality rate was back in 1935, man? 48 years it, old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You're not that far. Oh You're really? Far oh no! I was thinking I was going medieval time. Okay, so what are we really at? 55. Oh, my Lord. So, really? So if you think about it, yeah, 1935. Okay, 1935. Um, you're going to get Social Security at 65. So you reach 65, you're going to get Social Security. All right? However, the mortality rate, the average person died around 55 years old. So Yikes. guess what? You weren't, you weren't going to get it. And it wasn't meant <laughs> it for you matter, to get yeah. it. Yeah, no and kidding. it wasn't meant for you to get it. It was just meant to go ahead and, and fill the coffers up of another type of branch of the government. You know, so and all, at the same time, they can look good to society. But here's the thing is that now you have Social Security. People are getting it at 62. They can start at 62. And so at uh, you, they, they get at 62. They, they can get as high as 70. They can postpone until 70. But, you know, people are concerned where Social Security may go because there's rumors that they may cut and slash Social Security. And there's also rumors that they may actually postpone the ages. And instead of making it 62, you're, they're going to make it around 70, 72 is when you can start getting Social Security. And that 
to a certain extent, makes more logical uh, sense because individuals are living longer now. And so, uh, social, let's put it this way. Social security was not meant to supplement the last 40 years of your life. Yeah, exactly. It was created to supplement just the last few years of your life. Yeah. Actually, yeah. no, it actually wasn't. It was actually created not to even <laughs> supplement your life at all based on the mortality rates. Right. Yeah, yeah, based on the mortality rates, the lucky few until, <laughs> to help them. Uh, man. Well, I, I'll tell you what, I know that we're running low on time. Do you have any closing thoughts for our audience today? I mean, this has been a fantastic podcast. You know, I'm, I'm hoping people are understanding that the media is going to tell them a bunch of things. And I guess technically this podcast is part of media, but you're telling the truth and you're just letting people investigate things on their own and, and just bringing them facts. You're not, we're not doing some scare tactics here. So I hope that that's one of the things they take out of this. Anything else that they need to really just walk away from this podcast, remembering? You know, the closing really is this. That's a good point. I mean, you know, we, we could talk more about this and maybe we'll do it. We'll continue it. But the reality is, is that, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of pessimism. There's going to be a lot of volatility and a lot of crazy going on next year. And uh, like, like we discussed about five minutes ago, is that one of the areas where you can remain optimistic is to make yourself into an optimistic person by doing, you know, a few of three things, or not a few of three things, but, you know, three things. Number one, I find that if you had a nice retirement nest egg, you're going to be fine. Another one is if you truly do have a thorough understanding of your money and the services that are available to you, you're also going to be fine. And if you have a plan of action, if you know what's going to be transpiring and you have a game plan, if you have all these three things, if you have a retirement nest egg, you have a plan of action that gives you a roadmap as well as a thorough understanding of money, um, you're going to be an optimistic person no matter what happens next year. Outside that, you know, best of luck. You're probably going to be pretty crazy and you're going to be a, a worry wart because it's going to be an it's going to be an interesting election year, I believe. I agree, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, brother. I appreciate all the time today. This is fantastic. All right, my man. All right. And thank you all for listening to the Financial Liberty Project podcast with Sam Legaspi and Ko Sukamoto, who's not here because he is getting those new dentures installed. And I am so excited to find out what those are like because he is actually getting the dentures with Bluetooth in them, which allows him to listen to the radio and this podcast through his jawbone. And from what I understand, there's also a microphone in there. So the next podcast we have, you'll have to... Audience, give us some feedback. Does he sound good on those new Bluetooth dentures? We'd really that like to hear your to feedback. Be, well, that happened to be 24 karat gold. Well, of course, because it's Co's. <laughs> I mean, we can't suspect anything less, and it's in your mouth, so gold you know, is whatever, germ-free. Anyway, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Sam and Co's come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device, and you'll get to hear Co's talk through those dentures. Again, this makes it easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family, which is fantastic. Thanks again for listening today. For everyone at the Financial Liberty Project podcast, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. It's that time again where the call of the open road makes its way. We hope good fortune finds you on your own personal road. And until next time, we thank you for listening to the Financial Liberty Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.